Hi, I'm Caroline, a yoga teacher with a special interest in menopause based in Edinburgh. And hi, I'm Dr. Claire, a GP with a special interest in menopause based in North London. Together, we are the Menopause Sisters and we're here to guide and support you through your menopause journey. Welcome to the Menopause Sisters show and today we are delighted to be speaking to Nikki Williams. She is an award-winning nutritionist and author, huge fan of her book, um, speaker and leading expert in women's health and hormones and she is the founder of Happy Hormones for Life which basically helps women of all ages to rebalance their hormones and reclaim their health and feel better than ever. Welcome Nikki, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. Delighted it's to be here. Lovely to be speaking to other other expert in their field and just to kind of gather information and hopefully enable lots of other women to kind of come together and, and use resources and, and think about this more. And I'm really keen, I'm really interested to how you ended up where you ended up. And and it would be lovely to, to hear more about your journey to to how you came to writing the book and, and doing what you do. Yeah, it's um, a while back now, but um, uh, in my early 40s, I was uh, working in corporate. I was um, a purchasing manager for Virgin Atlantic, a big team, um, a very busy, responsible job. And I'd had my first child and I was about to go back with my um uh, had gone back with my with my second child and um I was in my early 40s and I just found everything so much harder than it used to be I I sort of like you hit my 40s and I felt like like I'd been hit by a truck um and I just thought oh god is this what happens when you hit 40 I was tired I was moody I was massively overwhelmed and stressed out I had brain fog I had weight that around my middle that I used to be able to shift and couldn't do anymore and I just felt like I'd lost myself. And I and to, every day was like a to-do list. It was just get through the day and, and you know, don't have any disasters, basically. Um, and that wasn't, you know, how I really wanted to live. But at the time, it was just, you know, what was going on. It was just in real survival mode. Mm. And it wasn't until my daughter came running in one, day, one night, actually, with a picture that she'd done at school. She was only seven um, and she said, mommy, mommy, look at my amazing picture. It's a giraffe. It's your favorite animal. And, and I just turned around and I just could not relate. I couldn't engage with her. I, I actually snapped at her. Um, and, uh, she just burst out, mommy, why are you always so grumpy? <laughs> oh my God. It was like a dagger in the back. She might've sort of <laughs> stabbed me. I felt absolutely awful. I felt like the worst mother in the world. And, it suddenly dawned on me how much I'd lost and that I couldn't even find joy in my own kids anymore. It was that bad. Um, and that's when I decided to go to the doctor. So I, I, I had to, something had to give. So I went to my doctor because I didn't know anything about anything back then. I was corporate girl. I, I knew nothing about health, whatever. Um, and I um, went to the doctor and, and uh, in 10 minutes related all my symptoms. And I was a bit teary because I was fed up. Um, and he gave me a prescription for Prozac, which was the antidepressant of the day. And I looked at it and I thought, I'm sure that's an antidepressant. And he goes, yeah, yeah, it'll make you feel better. And I said, no, I don't think it's depression, doctor. I really, I don't have that in my family. It's never happened to me before. I'm sure it's not that. Um, it, what else could it be? And he just didn't have any answers for me. And I, and I walked out of that surgery with just like this, like, what on earth is going on? Luckily for me, and I thank, um, you know, thank my dad for being in my life back then because he um, was a hormone doctor. He specialised in hormones. I didn't really know what that was, but 
he uh, he was very eminent in his field and he, he'd been doing it for a long time. And I rang him up and I said, I don't know what's, what's going on with me, um, but my doctor wants to put me on these antidepressants. He goes, no, 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 look, it'll be your hormones. I said, what do you mean? I'm, I'm 42. And he goes, yep, you're bang in the middle of perimenopause. And I said, what, peri what? Because <laughs> this is like 13 years ago. Like everybody knows what it is now. It's banded about everywhere. But 13 years ago, this wasn't a thing and I'd never heard of it all I heard was the word menopause and I just assumed that happened when you were old and gray and it was I was way too young for that and he goes no 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 and he told me he gave me the education that we all should have had at school I should have known what was happening to my own body um would have made things a lot easier um and uh, but I still kind of didn't I was still a bit skeptical the first time I'd heard about this and I've never heard it from any of my friends no no nobody was talking about this thing so I said I'm really not sure Danny as well let's get you tested and the tests were actually the thing that really sealed it for me um look listen you know seeing what was actually happening on paper looking at all the different hormones and what they were doing and it's really sparked my fascination I couldn't believe that we had all these different hormones and what they did and and I was just like really fascinated by it all so I was reading up and I was doing lots of research and uh the more and more I got into it the more I realized actually this is kind of you know what, where I should be going with my life and I other women needed to know this information because I was lucky I had my father in my life but all my you know all these women that didn't have that knowledge and that that education uh didn't have that and and you know if I hadn't have had that I don't know what would have happened to me or where I'd have ended up or whether I would even still be married because my husband was pretty fed up with me but um so who knows you know um so I was really lucky and I wanted to share the information that I'd learned because it was so incredibly enlightening for me because what my dad told me was really about how to look after your hormones and I had definitely had hadn't had uh, any I hadn't been doing that at all been doing the opposite and been abusing my hormones without knowing it mm-hmm. um and you know within a few weeks of what of what he told me you know diet lifestyle and supplements uh, I, I felt like a different woman. I would got my life back. My brain fog lifted. My energy came back. My mood balanced out. And I was just back to my old self. And, and I couldn't believe the difference by, you know, really just focusing on a few different things that I actually focus now on in, in, the, in the book is my sort of basically my four step code. Um, and, you know, I, I was so like, oh, so st- Astonished by the results that I, uh, I, I, this is it, I've got to learn more. So I went back, to, I gave up my corporate world and went back to college and spent the next five years studying nutrition, hormones. And then back in 2014 was when I started the business, Happy Hormones for Life, where we help other women to, not just with education, but really empowering them with mm-hmm. resources, the tools that they need to manage menopause and perimenopause you know in whatever way they see fit and is suitable for them and we're certainly not anti or pro anything we're all about informed choice every single woman will have a different path a different journey and will need different things Mm. um so it's up to her it's up to us to provide you know the options and the education and then that every woman to decide what's right for her own body a fascinating journey i mean it really is going from that kind of corporate world and then stepping out of that, which must have been quite scary, particularly at a time where you were feeling quite vulnerable as well and going yeah. into a different, a different, whole different business. Yeah, I mean, I was lucky I had my kids, um, I was bringing them up as well. So I sort of took a step back and had a bit of a break too to make sure it was the right path for me. But once I I'd, um, had found this, I, it just it just slotted in so naturally. It was kind of my purpose. My whole family are doctors and nurses in it as um 
so that you know they, they go back a long way in terms of medicine and I'm not saying I'm a medic but um, I've come around it in a different type of way because actually the, tr- the nutrition that I learned uh, in uh, at college was was not just what you what you eat it was it's a holistic look at the body it's based on functional medicine principles which is huge in the states um, about you know how the body systems interlink on what affects what and it's not just about you know looking at just hormones it's, it's about looking at how the gut influences your hormones and how your how stress influences it and how um you know your your uh, liver and function and, and all the things in your immune system and how they all slot together and work together because the body is such an interconnected very very complex mm-hmm. web of of connections um mm. and it, it doesn't just work in just one system mm. at a time they all talk everything talks to each other and is interconnected so i like to when we're looking at women's health we're looking at you know that jigsaw puzzle and yeah. working out okay what fits where what's causing what because actually you know when we've got different hormone imbalances we can get all symptoms that all kind of mimic each other um, for instance you know if you've got a, a thyroid condition it's it looks a lot like perimenopause so you know if you can work out what is it is it the sex hormones or is it the thyroid that's work that's not functioning properly what is the root cause if you can get to the root cause then you're you're um you're um, much more likely to to get better a better outcome because you're you're really focusing on what's causing it in the first place Something I picked up on actually to begin with in your book, Nikki, was the fact that you mentioned stress and cortisol. Um, and I feel, you know, obviously I'm a, a yoga teacher and this is something I, I talk about a lot, whether it's the workshops I do with my sister or just generally, is that actually in this stage of perimenopause and menopause, we spend so much t- time talking about estrogen and progesterone and testosterone and not quite as enough time, as for I feel, about cortisol and, and adrenaline as well, actually. Just this kind of idea of right, if you can reduce your stress level, you're likely to feel a bit better already um and so for me it was like i sort of did that oh yes when i got to those pages because i was like brilliant that somebody else almost yeah reiterating what i've been saying and you know and just uh, sort of really really great to hear that um maybe you could just explain a little bit more about stress and stress hormones and, and how they how they affect us yeah, and, and and it's quite frustrating sometimes for me because when uh, everybody talks about menopause, they're talking about oestrogen and progesterone. And, and, you know, when we talk about HRT, that's what gets replaced, right? Mm. You get the oestrogen, you get progesterone, sometimes you get testosterone. These are the sex hormone, the group of sex hormones, that that's what they're called. And yes, they're the ones that tend to play up during menopause. They're the ones that are most dramatically changing. But we have over 100 hormones running around the body. Uh, they're our little chemical messengers that go to every cell of the body telling, uh, telling those cells what to do. And, you know, those three hormones <laughs> are very influential. But there are a host of other hormones that can get out of balance because of and alongside those three hormones. So cortisol is one of them. I've, I've sort of drilled them down to four main hormones and i call them the feisty four for that reason because if you can you know if you can know about them and then actually learn how to balance those four you're in a really good place to kind of sail and ride through the menopausal transition because your body's not going to be go through so many extremes because number one is cortisol so that's the one that is i think is the most influential on your menopause journey from what i've seen in clinic i don't have scientific evidence of that but anecdotally what i've seen in clinic is that the women carrying the most stress or whether that's internal or external because a lot of women come and and they haven't got masses of stress in their lives 
but inside their adrenals are flapping like crazy. They're, they're the beautiful swans that swim along the lake, but their feet are like this underneath the water. Um, and then you've got the women with, uh, who are massively stressed out, wired and overwhelmed. And sometimes actually when we test them, their bodies are coping really well with it. So you don't know what kind of stress um, a woman's under until you, until you get those tests done and look at where her cortisol is over that, you know, for a 24 hour period. Um, but generally uh, we're finding that uh, um, most women are compromised in some way with their adrenals. They're not functioning as they should because of modern day life and modern day stress. So, um, you know, uh, we, we're just not switching off enough. So we're, there, we're constantly on um, and we don't get that replenished time that we used to get in caveman days when, you know, we used to get attacked by the lion and then the stress would go and then we'd go and sit in the cave and recover and replenish for days at a time sometimes. But, um, you know, we don't get, and the body's designed to to, to work on that stress off, on stress off system and the system hasn't changed since those days so um that's how it works however you know we've got different stresses now we've got lines attacking us but we've got micro stresses going on all day long from the minute your alarm goes off to you know going to bed um so 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 we don't get that switch off time or enough switch off time most of us um so that's where the problem can lie because too much too many stress hormones can get raised over time and that's when we get the knock-on impact on all your other hormones it's not just the sex hormones cortisol has a major effect on your sex hormones it pretty much just suppresses them Mm. and that can mean anything from period issues um you know um low libido uh really low energy mood swings all of that um that that mimics those perimenopause symptoms as well uh can be caused by a cortisol imbalance so um, it also suppresses your thyroid, which isn't the number two of the feisty four. Because I mentioned thyroid earlier. If you've got a low thyroid, which a lot of women suffer from, um, it may not be uh, bad enough for the doctors to say it's low and treat you. But it might be sitting in that bottom half of the reference range, not even borderline. It could just be low. And you may have lots and lots of symptoms of low thyroid. Now, thyroid is the energy supplier for every cell. So low thyroid can affect everything from your hair falling out right down to your feet so you know anything is everything is affected by low thyroid because it just affects every cell in the body mm-hmm. so that, again that can mimic things like perimenopause the brain fog the the fatigue the low mood anxiety poor sleep you know, dry puffy skin um you know constipation things like that so um thyroid is incredibly important and then we've got insulin which is our blood sugar regulator which is another key key hormone that we need to look out for because if our blood sugar is not stable throughout the day, we've got lots of insulin being produced to try and control that. And then too much ins- insulin then causes low energy, mood swings, brain fog, weight gain, all those things that we suffer from during, during um, perimenopause again. So these hormones, they are critical to, to look at and find out which one is actually causing your issue. Because if you're on a kind of you're eating too many carbs or you're snacking too much you've got loads and loads of insulin going on if you just focus on that it may be that that solves your issues Mm. or if you get your thyroid properly checked and you get uh, all the nutrients you need to 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 support your thyroid or you manage the stress that that may be involved there it it could be that you balance out your thyroid and that solves your issues or if it's cortisol related then um you know we've got a lot 
of adrenal support to, to put in there. And then the last one, obviously, is estrogen progesterone, which are incredibly important, obviously, as we go through this period. Um, and, you know, there are other ways. There are, HRT is great for replacing those two hormones. Um, but for those people that can't take it or don't want to for any reason, there are other other ways to support that naturally not as quite as effective but there are other other plant-based ways to to support your sex hormones but you know there's no point going down that route until you've addressed those other main hormones because you know even if you um take hrt that that's great at replacing those sex hormones but if you've got a thyroid or a cortisol or an insulin issue it's not going to actually solve the problem didn't talk about this holistic approach because it's about so many pieces of the jigsaw coming together whether that is you know nutrition and diet whether that's movement or perhaps um you know relaxation in some way the things that bring us joy and, and finding that balance but actually it's really hard i think women find this very very difficult because you say there's all these kind of micro stresses during the day and you don't turn off and i've had one of those days today in edinburgh schools broke up on friday it's monday today that was so i've had one of those days where i'm sort of teaching online in person managing kids just being in the house all that kind of crazy thing plus other stuff like you know the just the general stuff like getting some glasses for my my uh, 12 year old that he'd broken and oh i've just got to go and pick up that school uniform all these kind of things and suddenly like whoa what's going on and actually yeah, i was joking earlier it wasn't about my brain fog but actually i think today it was about stress you know just too too much going on today um and so actually to be able to recognize that I think for a lot of people is very hard yeah and also you know as women we are natural carers we givers we're always going to be looking after other people and not ourselves I mean that's just our natural default so it's very hard to kind of override that sometimes and and, and get that message through that you got to put your oxygen mask on first and then because you'll be no good to anyone out when you when you're you've got chronic fatigue syndrome or you're burnt out and and then everyone's got to look after you so which way do you want to go at some point you know it's, something's going to give so if you don't look after yourself now uh and everyone else is going to suffer so you know we've got to we've got to appeal to that you know, that being to be selfish is actually selfless and that holistic approach i really love hearing about because you know we often talk about kind of some sort of biopsychosocial approach to medicine and it being so important and allowing ourselves time to obviously de-stress, like we've said, but also allowing ourselves to heal, allowing ourselves to convalesce, allowing ourselves time. And time is the big thing, isn't it? That Whether that's time to rest or time to just sit with our symptoms, but just recognising what's going on and allowing that in a holistic approach is really important. And I, and I wanted to go back briefly to what you said about nutrition, because I think this is fascinating because as a medical student, I can honestly say I don't think I ever really learned about nutrition or diet. Well, I kind of did, but it was almost in keeping with kind of what goes in has to come out to balance weight. And obviously we know that's just not the case. And we know that it's so much more about cal- than, than just calories and, um, you know, and avoiding carbohydrates or incorporating more fat. You know, we know... But but it's really interesting because this is not something many women, certainly many medics, are really focused on. And I think that if we just tweaked our nutrition a bit, and certainly if it was talked about more um, in medical school, it would be incredible, wouldn't it? Because nutrition is really, really key. Like you said, the gut biome is really, really key. Can you, can you tell us a bit? I mean, obviously... We, we, we could 
pick into your brain for hours. But I just wondered if there was a few key tips that you had that women could focus on in their diet that might make some obvious changes, something that's easy to do or easy to change, perhaps. Yeah, I think um, one of the ones that really hit me when I, when I was studying was the impact of, and I've mentioned it already, the impact of snacking, constantly grazing. You know, we've, we've always been told to eat little and often to balance your blood sugar. Yeah. But actually, actually what the scientists are now finding is that what that does is it just it constantly produces insulin to, to manage your blood sugar while you're snacking. And what that does also is, is not allow the body time to use up those carbohydrates and those nutrients from your, your earlier meal by the, you know that and it's constantly trying to um mm. or tr- constantly using the carbohydrate stores in your body so so naturally that's um stopping your body and using fat stores so we're not burning fat we're just kind of storing it and then using up carbohydrates sort of burning sugar basically um and also it doesn't give your gut not very long to rest your gut's constantly digesting food all the time and that takes up a lot of energy too so when we're like tired we've got a lot of stuff going on we've got stress going on we might have to be fighting infection and immune system stuff um when we when we're constantly snacking the body's constantly digesting and using up energy to do that um so it's a bit of a burden on on your systems uh and and i'm not saying for everybody because some people do need to snack often because of the you know whatever they've got um hypoglycemic condition or whatever um but for the majority of us it's something that we've kind of got used to nipping to the fridge we might sort of eat through boredom or comfort or just because we may be working at home and you know it's just a nice break to go and eat something and you know we don't quite realize what impact that's having Mm. so and I find it a real challenge too I work from home my kitchen's literally just there there, and it's lovely little breaks for me to go to the fridge and oh well what can I just you know have a handful of to keep me going but actually the body does really well when you give it four to six hours between meals um and it's a way to manage your weight as well it's a really good way to manage your weight as well as taking a bit of burden off your digestive system we don't need to eat like every few hours you know if we can just leave that gap and let the body kind of rest and digest um Mm. that's actually really beneficial and that's something that you know it's it's habitual sometimes i know a lot of women tell me oh i'm a grazer i just Mm. you know i don't probably eat big meals i just graze Mm. and again that's just habit isn't it it's just habits what we've kind of learned to do um and we've been told that's kind of healthy way of living as well and for some people it might be the best way to go but actually for the majority it's probably not so if we can try and leave that gap and sometimes that's really difficult um but you know see what happens and I say to everybody you know whatever there is no one size fits all for everybody so I would I'd say try it on for you and see how it goes and see how you how you get on and see if it makes a difference to your symptoms that's the main thing yeah I'm just going to reiterate that I I love the sort of this gap thing and I I find it a huge struggle actually again working from home a lot you know even if it's a healthy snack I think you know I'm going I could have some nuts or an apple and I sort of stand there and go actually do I need this maybe it's just a glass of water I need and maybe it's not the hunger it's just out of habit but actually I've noticed with those gaps of somewhere between four to six hours I guess actually just like you were saying Nikki that I feel a little bit lighter I think that's the big thing. There's a little bit less bloating. I just feel a little bit lighter. And actually, for me, that's made a massive difference. It's made a huge difference just changing that over the last sort of year or so, 18 months. Um, And I imagine you find that in your practice as well. I think people 
find um, also that their brain function increases. They feel a bit more alert and a bit more clarity yeah. going on as well. Um, I, I, you know, and there's, lot, there's lots of different reasons that could be happening. But again, it's not for everyone. But I would definitely try that if you've not tried it before, if, you con- if you're constantly snacking. And again, that water tip is so good because a yeah. lot of the time we're not hungry, we're thirsty because we're generally not drinking enough water. So go for a big pint of water instead of a snack. And then actually that craving probably will disappear because you, you feel full and it'll get it'll keep you going till that next meal. And we were just we're obviously talking about um, the kind of the gaps um, between meals there as well. And we often talk about movement around this as well. And I, I know that's another distraction I sometimes use if I've got the time home and I'm thinking a little bit hungry glass of water sort of thinking just about movement and we often use the term movement instead of exercise as well um Nikki so I'd love to hear a little bit more about your thoughts around sort of movement and exercise because Mm. obviously it's incredibly beneficial and making sure that we're looking after our bones moving well and obviously for some women at this point in their life they're thinking well maybe I should go to the gym you know three times a week um, and do a a big workout so just any thoughts around movement and exercise as well yeah I love what you said about um you know maybe just doing some a bit of movement instead of going for that snack because there's this there's that thing now called we're calling it exercise snacking aren't we instead yeah yeah um so exercise is incredibly important especially as we get older but what I like to 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 look at is is the different forms of exercise because we're you know before 40 we're pretty much you know told to (laughs) boot camp intense you know push yourself to to, till you're nearly dead um and that's a good thing um and you know (laughs) we we still get that message don't we all the time because that's generally peddled by men um or younger the younger generation um but for women as we age we really need to be really careful about how we're doing it and the kind of exercise um, because too much exercise can increase that cortisol and we're already burdened with too much cortisol a lot of the time we've all got midlife women have the most stress out of every gender uh, every age group that's already been shown so we've got we've got more stress going on generally we don't we've got to balance our cortisol because that's affecting our menopause journey and all our and all our other hormones as well so we're particularly uh, prone to, to to too much stress we're also a little bit less resilient because there's other hormone imbalances going on so we've got to be careful with that so over exercising and pushing when we're already stressed can raise cortisol again too much we've got then got another stress on the body that the body has to deal with and this is actually um something i see a lot in in our clients is um you know I'm, I'm exercising i'm going to the gym the gym bunnies the the spin classes the 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 long cardio all of that um can can really increase your stress too much uh when you're already stress challenged if you like and you don't actually have those adrenal or energy reserves to to bring your body to cope with that level of exercise so what we look, want to look at is really finding that exact right balance for for that individual so for, for a lot of women, running might be a stress relief, in, in which case it makes if it makes you feel good afterwards and you feel replenished and you don't feel depleted, then then that's probably a good thing for you to do. But I see a lot of women coming home you know, from work exhausted and then pushing themselves to go out to the gym for a mad class and coming back literally destroyed and, and exhausted and depleted. That is not what you know exercise is, is there for. So we're looking at you know finding the right balance and you've got to do 
you know, walking is amazing, especially if you can get out in nature, if you can't run anymore or you just, you know, you don't want to run. Walking is, is almost as good. It just takes a bit longer to get those benefits. And then, you know, yoga and Pilates, because we want to we want to be um, do that supportive exercise that's good for our bones and our muscles and our core a pelvic floor all of that's really important and then with with yoga as well and Brit Pilates you're getting that breathing too so you're mm. you're incorporating the mindfulness element the breath work which is so incredibly important as well for that stress response so yoga and Pilates they've, they've got so many ticks for hormone balance that, that really you know we should be looking at doing more of that, that and I call it that nourishing exercise that movement that's really supporting all your hormones as well as everything that you need to support as you get older um, and then weights and resistance, really important again, just to kind of really, that muscle loss happens so dramatically as we get older. So we've got to look after our muscles um, and make sure uh, our bones are strong too. So all of that is is really important too. So those are the kind of areas that we we tend to focus on and getting those into a woman's routine rather than maybe something that she, she, she thinks she needs to do um, that's a bit more uh, less nourishing, I guess. I think that's the hardest thing, isn't it? What we think we should be doing, whether that's we've seen something on Instagram or we've read a book and what we think we should be doing. We spoke to Kate Codrington, didn't we, earlier this year, Claire? And I loved that. She just said, yeah, no, I have a little yoga sleep every day for half an hour. <laughs> I just lie on that sofa and I have a little yoga sleep. And it was brilliant because actually that in itself was just giving herself a bit of rest, a bit of quiet time, but also reducing the stress, you know, reducing that cortisol. That, that that shavasana at the end of your yeah. yoga class actually is one of the most important things you can do isn't it yeah, because exactly. yes you've done all, uh, all the stretching and the and the and the hard stuff but you know that relaxation is maybe the only five minutes you get in that day so amazing yeah. uh me time to just stop and just lie there oh. and do nothing and when do we get a chance to do that it's like a massive gift to yourself isn't it actually yeah totally well actually again just reiterating what you said there i mean we've talked about kind of hormone health haven't we? we've talked about weight we've talked about how we can you know rest and again this is just this is really focusing on holistic treatment isn't it it's not focusing on one aspect is gonna is gonna be the magic one that that solves your problems and I think that's really important just to keep in the back of our minds all the time is that you are probably going to need to do multiple things at this time of your life to make yourself feel better um, and that shouldn't really be seen as a mountain to climb because it can do, can't it? Particularly if you start off at a, a heightened level of stress, but actually it can resolve so many other things if you're just thinking about your body as you like as as you said there, Nikki, as aware. But you know, talk, every, every cell talking to every cell, and you know, just zapping it with a bit of this or a bit of that isn't going to help. Yeah. There's no magic pill, unfortunately. <laughs> We wish, we wish there was. I'd be making a lot of money if there was like a market for this. But it's it's a myriad of small things, yeah. and you know it's putting as many of those small steps in place, yeah, um, and creating your own jigsaw pattern because it'll be different from everybody else's. And whatever works for you is is the most important thing. Experimenting, yeah, experimenting. Well, I was just going to say that, and just trying a few things and giving them a go for a while, though. You know, it's not changing from day to day or week to week, and. I was guiding a class this morning um, and it's a class, just a, a half an hour yoga class, but we begin with a sort of idea of setting an intention for yourself that day, that week, the going ahead, the kind of Monday morning. 
and um, and I chose the theme of creating space today actually and that was you know whether that's the movement of your in yoga so creating space in your body physically whether that's for just the muscles and you know a good stretch or creating space for the breath as well as the mind as well but also you know as we finished I just came back to that theme and just was saying well how can you create space in your life this week for you that you know we've just been talking about the kind of self-care and us often having at this stage in our life a lot of things to do whether that is a career or children or just generally that kind of caring role we often have um, and those kind of busy micro stresses that we have all day what what can we give what can we give up to keep a little bit more space for us as we've just been saying and, and finding that time yeah And I think it's really important that we don't have any guilt or shame around that as well. I think a lot of women feel guilty sitting there doing nothing for 10 minutes. And that's what we've got to get past because that is not uh going to be productive we've got to like let go of that and um and actually use it as a as a tool to to heal um heal our adrenals and and you know if only like you said about the doctors if only it was a medical treatment just to actually just can you just sit still for 15 minutes and do nothing and god that would be amazing wouldn't it (laughs) i think the interesting about that is is the kind of idea about social prescribing these days you know maybe 10 years ago the idea of having you know being referred for some holistic treatment was just a big no-no whereas that's becoming more and more accepted um and alternative treatments and alternative therapies are becoming more and more accepted you know there's massage classes and yoga classes we can refer to and i think it's it it's definitely there's definitely a sea change happening but I think we we still need to have that joined up, thinking a bit more um, to to help one another. Really, it's not just medics, but all of us, you know, as women, to kind of progress through the perimenopause and menopause yeah. safely and happily. Um, yeah. It's 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 a difficult subject because you, you you need time, don't you? You just need time to do all this properly and to really guide as well i think the support is is uh i think it's very very hard to do this on your own i really do um whether that's support with your friends group or a particular group set up on social media or whatever or um whether that's you know through a an actual practitioner or whatever whatever it is work that you need i think you absolutely need that because trying to do things you know we always say oh I'll push through I'll do it on my own I'll do my own research I'll, I can do this on my own I've got this <laughs> and actually it's really really hard to do it on your own because you you can't see the wood for the trees you can't look at it objectively um so I do you know encourage women to to talk to share to to find different people that can help them and it doesn't have to be just health it can be um, other modalities you know exercise fitness yoga movement breath whatever whatever it works for you but but to try other things and and not um and not try and do it alone because mm. why go the hard route when there's so many options now and that's the other thing that can be difficult is there are so many options you're not quite yeah. sure where to start so uh, i just say put the pin in that start somewhere and then then you know go from there but just start your journey don't ignore it don't put your head in the sand and think it's going to go away because it probably isn't yeah and we know that connection you know often the connection or through friends and and people coming together that releases oxytocin that happy hormone so we know again that's that's another supportive joyful thing to do to have a little bit of moral support through friendships or a practitioner as you said or you know other groups that you might begin to meet through just beginning to look after yourself um and i think this 
very you know this holistic approach is wonderful but it's also that just that remember that reminder that actually it's not also about giving everything up you know not giving up the joyful things so for example i love a coffee in the morning but i don't need five coffees you know you know that you know there's kind of you know and it's little things like that so you know that is my one treat um sort of not not first thing in the morning but it's it it that's my my treat to myself and actually i really do love a good one good coffee that's great Amazing. and that Nothing you know not saying to give up everything want to make sure you keep a little bit of joy but it's managing how much isn't it as well yeah because it's easy to get obsessed as well yeah we see a lot of people getting very too it's easy to get obsessed with anything it's it's just another addiction isn't it you start then eating healthily but get really obsessed with it and then you're really hard on yourself when you slip up and that's just like super cortisol race yeah (laughs) going backwards again so everything in moderation give yourself lots of joy take pleasure in in wherever you can get it and and that's another thing as well you know sex is amazing for oxytocin release so get that where you can get it (laughs) (laughs) but i'm I'm being glib but you know um pleasure wherever you find it hobbies um dancing music whatever it is and um, we need to be fitting more of that into our lives yeah. because that brings us joy and it switches off that cortisol. So yeah. what it's not just, you know, I mean, we're not saying self-care is just sitting down meditating or doing breath work. Yeah. It's finding that thing that gives you joy that isn't stressing you out. So yeah. that can be as simple as reading a book. We know studies show that re- reading a book lowers your cortisol mm-hmm. um, or, you know, as it's dancing around the kitchen to your favourite song or gardening yeah. or whatever your hobby is that's, you know, you know, that thing you get lost in and that you just love doing, but you don't have time, a lot of time to do it, then fit it in for 10, 15 minutes a day. If you can, that, that, that would be amazing. Yeah. I think it's allowing yourself, isn't it? I mean, we, we, we've talked about it a bit tonight, but it's just um, giving yourself the authority to, know that that is okay yeah. whatever that is you know if it is rest like like Kate Codrington said or if it is just you know um my 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 friend has started a knitting group and she knits all sorts of um well gosh everything you can imagine but you know that that joy of just taking time is really important yeah, and I know it's you... a brilliant hobby to switch off yeah. to amazing yeah I wish I was yeah. it. <laughs> it, it, it wouldn't allow me to switch off so I'm so terrible it would make me more it would make me more angry yeah, yeah. <laughs> um you tell us about, tell us about your website because we, we could talk for hours but we're, we're coming to the end and I just thought it'd be really great to hear where can people find you tell us the name of your books what what can people do to, to seek you out and get some support? They can literally just go to happyhormonesforlife.com. So it's happyhormonesforlife.com. Um, everything is there. There's lots of free resources. I've got a free guide. There's a hormone quiz you can take to see how how uh, balanced you are. Um, there's the book as well. The book's called It's Not You, It's Your Hormones, and that's on Amazon, and it's also on the website. So lots of um, free stuff, loads of blogs, loads of and a podcast as well. So it's whatever you have, whatever you need. And if you type into the search bar, something that you're particularly looking for around women's health or hormones, there's probably over a hundred and something blogs on there. So it, it'll, it, it's, it's probably going to come up. And if it doesn't, then just write to me and I'll write a blog on it. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of your podcast is actually, cause actually that what I loved about listening to some of them was their bite size. And so, you know, they're not all 40 minutes an hour or anything like that. You've got some really short ones there. Some really, 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 really helpful ones. Um, I really like the kind of, you know, the, the understanding 
phytoestrogens, for example, because you know we often hear about how about those and and little little ones like um, coffee, good or bad. You know all these little things that we often sort of start questioning. We get different information, so really helpful short short bites. Thank you. Glad they're helping. Yeah. Nikki, thanks so much for joining us today. Really, really appreciate you taking your time. And um, I know our paths will cross again. So uh, good luck with the, the your work. Thank you so much. Lovely to meet you both.